0: He took TCU to the national championship game last season, but Sonny Dykes is still not getting the respect he deserves. I'll break it down next on Locked On Horn Frogs. You are Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's locked on Orange Rock. Subscribe on YouTube, also uh, wherever it is you get your favorite podcast. Sonny Dykes is a top 10 coach in college football. He is one of the 10 best coaches in college football. Why am I talking about that today? So, we are in the middle of list season. What I mean by that is we're in the portion of the off, off season where content creators like myself, I'm not saying this in a disparaging way, I understand, or a lot of these websites, 247 sports, athlon sports, other websites, they're creating lists. They're putting together, you know, top 10 impact transfers for the upcoming 2023 football season, top 15 freshmen for the upcoming football season. And uh, one popular list that always comes out is, is coaching rankings, right? Like who is one of the best coaches in college football? And I'll say this, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to look and see where Sonny Dykes was last year on this list, or if he even was on the list, um, 247, they ranked the top 35, weird number, top 35 coaches in college football. And at number 12 comes in Sonny Dykes. And they had a nice little blurb here for a team that was unranked in the preseason and got one win away from the national championship. Dykes was well deserving of the National Coach of the Year honors um, that he got with the Horned Frogs. And he goes on to say some other good things about Sonny. And you might think number 12 is. Given where, I guess, the respect level for a guy like Sonny Dykes was before the start of last season, that's a big jump, and it is. And my initial thought was, wow, that's really good. He's above some huge names. He's actually above Jimbo Fisher, who comes in at 14. It was won a national title. And I know a and had a bad season last year, but he's also done some good things there. He's ahead of Lane Kiffin at number 13, who has done a really good job at Ole Miss and had a nice turnaround at FAU as well. But then I saw some of the names that were ahead of Coach Dykes. And I thought to myself, man, this is still a guy who doesn't get the respect he deserves. And I was one of those people that when TCU hired him, I will admit it, I was wrong about this. I thought it was a good hire. I thought it made sense. I didn't think it was a home run hire. I didn't necessarily think that he was somebody who was going to make a huge turnaround in year one. I felt like he was someone that could get TCU with a bowl eligibility, could improve that offense. But the job that he did, I don't think people really understand the turnaround that he made. I know you listeners and viewers do because you followed this team up close and personally. To go from 5-7 and in 2022, a team that was not competitive. They got blown out by Kansas State. Got blown out at home by West Virginia. Really, aside from that upset of Baylor, lost all the games that they were expected to lose and lost those games by significant margins. Got run out of the field by... Oklahoma, The list goes on. Got beat by Oklahoma State by like 55 points. And to turn it around, go 12-0 and 0 in the regular season, and then win a playoff game, that's a huge deal. Win a playoff game. Not a lot of coaches have done that. Not a lot of teams have done that. It's the type of thing TCU shouldn't be able to do with the talent level they have in that roster. Yeah, they brought in some transfers, and I think those transfers ended up being really good players for them. Guys like Johnny Hodges, Alan Ali, Mark Perry, Josh Newton. But all those players were pretty underrated coming out of the portal. He transformed Max Duggan from a mediocre Power 5 quarterback to a guy who's probably going to get drafted this year and was a Heisman finalist. So who are some of the names that are above him that I'm upset about? So first off, James Franklin at number 11. Now James Franklin has a really good win percentage, 102 and 51. Six and five in bowl games. Um, Has done a really good job at Penn State before that. Did a serviceable job at Vandy. Had Vandy a couple seasons where they were nine and four, which is unheard of for the Commodores. But, I mean, in the big bowl games he's been in, he won a Rose Bowl in 2022. He's also lost a Rose Bowl. Penn State has never won a conference title. Obviously, he didn't win a conference title at Vandy. A really good coach. But I would not put him above Sonny Dykes. I think Sonny is getting hurt for the fact that he was he was 25 and 17 at SMU, which that record doesn't sound super impressive. But he was at SMU for four years. And those four years they were 25 and 17. The four years before he was there, they were 15 and 34. And yeah, Chad Morris kind of started that turnaround. They had a year where they went to a bowl game. He got that offense working. But then Chad Morris goes to Arkansas and completely flames out. And Sonny kept it rolling at SMU, which is something that post death penalty, nobody has done. He turned that programming around in a big way. He also did a really nice job at Louisiana Tech, had a team that was nine and three his last season there. He went to Cal and that didn't go well. But aside from the one and 11 season that he had to start, you know, the next year he goes five and seven. He goes eight and five at Cal in 2015, five and seven again. And then. Both sides kind of decide to mutually part ways. But he still produced an NFL quarterback in Jared Goff. He's done a really good job with QBs everywhere he's been. He's had guys like Shane Bouchelle and Tanner Mordecai who have had really good careers at the G5 level. He did a great job with Max Duggan and the Big 12 last season. Um, the next on the list, other than uh, James Franklin, Josh Heupel. Josh Heupel, really good job at Tennessee. Did a fantastic job there. You know, with seven and six his first year. Last year they were eleven and two. Um, if not for a meltdown against South Carolina, they're probably in the college football playoff. They beat Alabama last season. At UCF, he had teams that went ten and three and six and four. Did an impressive job there, following up on what Scott Frost had done. But Josh Heupel has not won a playoff game. Josh Heupel has not been in college football as long as Sunny Vikes. He has not necessarily had turnarounds at multiple programs. He inherited a really good situation at UCF, and he did a good job keeping that going. But he's had he, you know, he stepped in at Tennessee in a place that was starving to win, and has amazing resources. Sonny Dykes got TCU to a national title game. That's an amazing accomplishment. Luke Fickle at number nine. Now it's hard to argue with this because Luke Fickle's had sustained success at Cincinnati. He's now at Wisconsin. He made the playoffs with Cincinnati. That team played Alabama. It wasn't, you know, the score was sort of close. The game was didn't feel competitive. But Luke Fickle has built an impressive program. He's 64 and 25 in his career. He's got a better win percentage than Sonny Dykes. You know, he's 3-3 three and three in bowl games. However, I want to see him do it at the Power 5 level. And not that Sonny Dykes has extensive experience there, but he made it to a playoff game with a Power 5 team and ran through a Big 12 schedule at 12-0. and I would put Sonny Dykes ahead of Luke Fickle. I know Luke Fickle's a great coach. But Sonny's evolved, too. I mean, he's he's not just an offensive mind, even though that's what he does really well. He's kind of transitioned from a pure air raid guy to someone who runs the ball more. I think he understands that he needs more help around him defensively. So he's brought in guys like Joe Gillespie, who is defensive coordinator here at TCU. He's a really good CEO that puts talented people in a position to succeed. Sonny Dykes is a top-ten coach in, in college football. Now, you look at the top five in this list, and there's really no arguing it. Kirby Smart at one. Nick Saban at two. Now, Jim Harbaugh at three is intriguing. I think Jim's done a really good job, but he still hasn't, you know, broken through and won a huge game for the Wolverines as far as a playoff or a big bowl game. Dabo Sweeney at four has won multiple national championships You get it. Brian Kelly at five, long-sustained success. Ryan Day at six has done a really good job at Ohio State. But I would slot Sonny Dykes in there probably at number at number nine or number eight. Kyle Whittingham is at number eight. And I think the job – obviously, Kyle hasn't won a game as big as Sonny has winning the playoff game. But the sustained success that Kyle Whittingham has had at Utah is super impressive. But Sonny Dykes is a top-ten coach in college football. And – The rankings in these lists might not reflect it, but it's the truth. He's still an underrated coach. I don't think people really understand how good he is at what he does and the job he did in turning around a TCU program um, that looked like it was in a, a pretty significant rebuild. He was able to flip it in one year. Now, you have to sustain that. It'll be intriguing to see what he does this season with the Horned Frogs, and obviously we'll be watching closely. But I was just – I was – you know, I got fired up. I was like, man, Sonny Ducks is still not getting all the love and respect he deserves. He is a top-ten coach in the country. And, uh, yeah, I think if he puts together another good season at TCU, then lists like this will start to reflect that. When we come back, Eddie Lampkin is at the transfer portal. He officially – it looks like will not be in a TCU uniform anymore. Before we do that, though, I do want to talk about FanDuel. FanDuel is uh, the official betting partner of the NBA. You can bet on NBA games. If you're a Mavericks fan like me, I'm sorry. Um, but, you know, they played the, played the Grizz last night. Desmond Bain had a really good game, former TCU product. He was fantastic. But, if you know, if you're sitting there and you're like, man, no Luka, no Kyrie, the Grizzlies were definitely going to cover. You should have got on Fanduel and tried their no sweat first bet deal. You can put as little as five dollars down on a wager and get up to a thousand dollars in bonus bets. NCAA tournaments coming up. There's going to be plenty of opportunities to put some money down. You can do money lines. You can do same gay parlays. Uh, all kinds of prop bets. Fanduel. It's where the game starts. Get involved today. You can go to Fanduel.com/slash lockdown again. That's Fanduel dot com slash locked on take advantage of that no sweat first bet do it today fanduel proud sponsor of the lockdown network so we've been following the story closely over the past few weeks tcu basketball are getting prepared to take on the winner of that um arizona state nevada game that will take place on wednesday and the frogs will get the winner of that game on friday night late friday night in the first round of the West region. But um, Eddie Lampkin stepped away from the team right before the Big 12 tournament and uh, cited some mental health issues, also made some allegations on the way out about the treatment uh, that he received from the coaching staff, specifically Jamie Dixon. Well, Eddie has officially hit the transfer portal. portal opened yesterday for basketball players. He is in the portal. Now, uh, if you go in the transfer portal, Um, You can come back. That's a possibility. I would think there's probably about a 1% chance of him coming back at this point. I just feel like the way he's been talking on his way out, uh, the way the team uh, and the coaching staff kind of looks fatigued by this whole situation and the back and forth. Um, I don't think A Lampkin will be in a TC uniform again. So uh, I'm really curious to see, like, what the market for him is going to be. I mean, he's a he's a good player. He's a really good passer. Um, and, we've you know, we've talked about this over the last week or so, that he is uh, – when he's fully engaged, his energy levels high. He's someone that can make a big difference on the court. But he's also still someone who averages, like, single digits points and rebounds, you know, a couple assists per game. He's an, he's an okay defender. I don't think he's a great individual defender. He struggles to move his feet and, you know, stay in front of guys. But he, he does bring that size to the table that you really can't replicate. And so that keeps people from going to the rim. And, you know, he'll get the occasional block or steal because he's got good hands. Um, he's got good feet for a big man. He really does move well for someone of his size. But this season has been a mess between the injury and just kind of the – one game is in, one game is out and the back and forth nature of it. It really hasn't worked. And so I, I'm just first off sort of intrigued by where he's going to go um, and who, who would be, you know, interested in his services. And I think that'll, that'll tell a lot about what his stock is like at the moment. Um, it's also just sad that it's ended this way. I mean, you know, regardless of, Who's to blame. I think Eddie has made some not great decisions in this instance. I know there's, you know, mental health aspect of this that we don't have all the proper information to comment on. And I hope if, if he's struggling with that, that he can get the help he needs and support he needs and that he can um, find himself in a place that that's better for him. Um, But for a guy that was really like Mr. TCU at the end of last year, you know, coming off that Arizona game, he played so well, Um, he's a super lovable guy. He was really supportive of other student athletes. He was at baseball games. He was out of the football games. Um, he always seemed like he was involved in TC community. It's just weird that he's going to end up going somewhere else. You know, this is, this is college basketball, college sports in the modern era. Guys move on for a bunch of different reasons, Um, usually it's playing time related. And I think that had a factor here too. I mean, he wasn't getting the minutes that he wanted here. He wasn't playing 30 to 35 minutes a night. And um, you know, I I, I think the way he had been playing this year, that was warranted. He wasn't a a guy that you could necessarily rely on to play big minutes this season. I'm sure he disagrees with that. And I totally understand why, Um, but it hasn't been, the best year for him so i hope he gets right i hope he gets healthy and uh you know best of luck to him moving forward it is going to be a very um there's gonna be a huge roster turnover next year i, I expect mike miles to move on to the nba i expect damian Ball to test the professional basketball waters and move on you know not sure about guys like emmanuel miller and xavier cork um jacoby coles should be someone that i, I believe will come back not sure what the status of P.J. Haggerty is. He was a really highly touted guy coming out of high school, hasn't played this year, which has been odd to me. Felt like especially once Mike went down, there were opportunities for him to get on the court and get out there. But they're going to have to turn this roster completely over. And you got two signees for the 2023 class, um, which means you're going to hit the transfer portal hard. And Jamie did that really well a couple of years ago. He put together a really good team around Mike Miles that was mainly guys from the portal, like Shahada Wells and Emmanuel Miller and Micah Peavy, and the list goes on. And so he's got to do that again. Um, and the whole coaching staff is going to have to recruit at a high level. They, they weren't able to add somebody last year that's really made a huge difference for them. You know, Rondell Walker has been somebody that's played some good minutes. Uh, he's been injured as well, but not really a scoring threat, more of a defender. So a lot, of, a lot of questions will need to be answered for TC basketball next year as they try to figure this out and, um, you know, turn this roster over. But Eddie Lampkin uh, doesn't appear like he's, he's going to be part of it. He's moving on, hitting the transfer portal. Best of luck to him and, you know, hope he finds what he wants and what he needs. Uh, it seems like for both parties it's best for they to get a fresh start. We'll come back, wrap things up, talk some TCU baseball. That's next. Uh, so the Frogs, TCU baseball, they're number 11 in the country in the latest D1 baseball poll. Um, Kendall Rogers in that site really giving a lot of respect to TCU. I mean, they did win two out of three against San Diego, and I know weekend series are what matter the most in baseball. But um, at the same time, uh, sort of an up-and-down week, went two-and-two. Two. So they'll play Texas State tonight, but didn't really move them down the rankings much as so they moved from number 10 to number 11. They'll play Texas State tonight at – uh, 6 o'clock in San Marcos, and then on the road in Norman, starting Big 12 play against Oklahoma this weekend. Um, these midweek games are big. Got to find a way to win them. Lost last week. Need to bounce back this Tuesday night. Interested to see who gets the start. Not sure if it'll be um, Caleb Sloan or somebody else, but we'll have a recap of it later this evening. This is Lockdown Horn Frogs. It's your team, and we do it every day, five days a week. Continued coverage of CC Basketball, Baseball, and Football tomorrow. Thank you.